All right, let me get a thumbs up from somebody. Can you hear me okay right now? That's excellent. All right, I'm going to fix my screen here and get ready to have this lesson. We, As Jay, Jay mentioned for our uh, communion, we are reading uh, through the kings, the information about the kings and how they lived. And today's lesson is, is based upon that, not just one king, but by many kings. And, and Jay even alluded to it. These, these guys were, were far from perfect. And so we need to learn from them. And we're going to see some things about even, even as you consider Judah, the northern kingdom was Israel after the split. The southern kingdom was referred to as Judah, uh, where in their capital was Jerusalem, they had a lot of good kings. They had several kings who were good leaders, and we're going to see a streak of them here that were good leaders. But they weren't perfect. They didn't do everything that they could have done. And so we're going to see this phrase, only the high places were not taken away. And so my, the question for us to think about is, as we read through them, well, what if they had done more to lead their no, nation closer to God? What if they had really taught people completely how to live in the right way according to all the commandments of God? Well, you know, what, what would have happened on down the line? Would they have suffered the same fate or would they have suffered it just as as quickly, or could they have prolonged, you know, just uh, put that off a little bit longer? So today we're going to talk about uh, the high places not being removed by even the good kings. So first of all, I want to discuss just a little bit about what were the high places before we read the passages about the high places. So to do that, I want to read a passage in Second Kings chapter 17, and this is actually um, a description of the entire chapter, for the most part, is about what happened to the northern kingdom, why they fell, what happened to them. And so in verses uh, 9 through 11, it's going to mention the high places. The sons of Israel did, did things secretly, which were not right against the Lord their God. Moreover, they built for themselves high places in all their towns, from watchtower to fortified city. They set for themselves sacred pillars and ashram on every high, every high hill and under every green tree, and there they burned incense on all the high places as the nations did, which the Lord had carried away to exile before them. And they did evil things provoking the Lord." So you can see here in this in this passage the kind of um, what the nations did around them that they when they came out of Egypt they got rid of all they drove out the nations before them but they didn't do it perfectly and so therefore they end up submitting to and did some of the same things that the the people before them did and a lot of the evil things they did were connected with the high places they would set up their and I think in general the thought throughout the world is that you'd go up higher to be closer to God. And so, uh, so they would go up on the high places and there they would establish their temples. They would establish their idols there. They would do all kinds of ungodly things there. So, so the idea of the high places 
are just the, the idea that that's the places where the nations around them served their gods. And the nation of Israel and even the nation of Judah followed the same practices. It's interesting as you, as you think back to Leviticus chapter 26, in verses 1 and 2, this is right after God had brought his people out of Egypt so that they'd no longer be under the burden of the slavery that they had, but they could walk upright. And, and God brought them out of Egypt so they could, they could live and they could be servants of him and they could have good lives. And in verse chapter 26, verse number one, and we'll read verse two also, it says, God says, you shall not make for yourselves idols, nor shall you set up for yourselves an image or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a figured stone in your lawn to bow down to it, for I am the Lord your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. So even when God, right when he brought him out and was delivering the law to him, he says, don't, don't go to high places. Don't sacrifice things on the high places. And then verses 27 through 30, uh, God told him, he says, yet in spite of, of this, uh, yet if in spite of this, in spite of the threats and in spite of the good promises that I'll give you, as long as you obey my law, in spite of this, if you do not obey me, but act like act with hostility against me, then I will act with wrathful hostility against you. And I, even I, will punish you seven times for your sins. Further, you will eat the flesh of your sons and the flesh of your daughters you will eat. I, will then, I then will destroy your high places and cut down your incense altars and heap your remains on the remains of your idols, for my soul shall abhor you. So God knew when they were going into the land of plenty, the land flowing with milk and honey, that they would be tempted and that they would succumb to the temptations to follow the gods of the peoples around them. He warned them not to, but he said, if you do it and when you do it, my wrath will be upon you. So that's the idea of the high places. It's what the other nations did and the Israelites followed in the same way after the other nations. So now let's get into um, uh, the pattern that we're going to see here with the kings. Let's start with 2 Kings chapter 12, the passage that was read. In 2 Kings chapter 12, I'm just going to read verses 2 and 3. It says, Jehoash did right in the sight of the Lord all his days in which Jehoiada, the priest, instructed him. So there's the good part. You know, he did Right. It's very clear. He did right in the sight of the Lord. But then verse three, only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. So here is a good king. He does right in so many ways. Only the high places were not taken away. He was a good king, but he wasn't great. He could have done it. Just one more step, one more thing he could have done, and he would have been a great king. Second Kings chapter 14. And now this succession, um, these are all father to son, father to son, father to son. So Second Kings chapter 14, 
verses one through four, we're going to look at Joash's son or Jehoash. He went by both both names. Uh, verses one through four. In the second year of Joash, son of Johaz, king of Israel, Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoadin of Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord, yet not like his father David. He did according to all that Joash, his father, had done. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. So here, like father, like son in this instance. And as you go through this, you got to remember every, every generation has, its, has, has a choice to make. You know, are they going to do what the generation did before them? Are they going to do better? Are they going to do worse? It's going to always be upon them. Um, it's not forced upon them. So it's always a choice, always a decision. So this king, um, Amaziah, he makes the decision to do just like his father has done. He was a good king, but he wasn't great. Uh, now on to 2 Kings chapter 15, we're going to look at Amaziah's son. Um, verses 1 through 5 for this one. In the 27th year of Jeroboam, king of Israel, Azariah, son of Amaziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. He did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father Amaziah had done. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. The Lord struck the king so that he was a leper to the day of his death. And he lived in a separate house while Jotham, the king's son, was over the household judging the, the people of the land. So here is a, here is a good king. Just like the two previous, he did right in the sight of the Lord only, except the high places were not taken away. Those high places were not removed. So that's um, next one in the line. Now we go to chapter 15, verses, verses 32 through 35. In the second year of Pekah, the son of Ramallah, king of Israel, Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, and his mother's name was Jerusha, the daughter of Zadok. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord. He did according to all that his father Uzziah had done. Only the high places were not taken away. The people still sacrificed and burned incense, on the high places. He built the upper gate of the house of the Lord. So here's another king. Did some great things, some good things. He did right. Only the high places were not taken away. So a long pattern here of like father, like son. Now chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. 
In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Ramallah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, became king. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord, his God, as his father David had done, but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He made his son pass through the fire. According to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out from before the sons of Israel, he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places and on the hills and under every green tree. So the other kings before him, they had allowed the high places to remain. And finally, there is a king that comes along, Ahaz, and he ups the ante. He, he expands the worship of the gods of the other nations. And he even kills his own son. He makes him pass through the fire. He sacrifices his son uh, to one of those gods. Horrible, terrible thing. On to the next one. That was chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Now we get to chapter 18, the very next king. And Ahaz, he reigned a long time. God, This evil king, God let him stay in that position for a long time. Now in 2 Kings, or 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. Now it came about in the third year of Hushia, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abby, the daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the sons of Israel burned incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him, for he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. So what a wonderful, you know, we get through this streak of, oh, good king, good king, good king, good king. Well, they were good, except they didn't, they didn't finish the job all the way. They weren't great. Then you get the bad king, but then his son is the good king who takes everything to the next level. And he removes the high places and he brings Israel back into a, a right and proper relationship with God, doing everything that they needed to do as far as Hezekiah was able to get them, getting them to be the people that they were called to be, obeying all the law that Moses had called them to. So it's it's a wonderful spot to get here in this passage of scripture. And for those who have read through there and you're you're reading all this and 
you go from good to good to good to good, and then you get bad, and it's kind of like, well, who's going to step? You know, you want somebody to be the guy to step up and be this great king, and Hezekiah was the man. And the reason he did it is because he was willing to remove the high places. He was willing to take away any of the distractions that kept them from serving the one true God. He was willing to do what many before him had not done. He was willing to take away the high places. So the thought for us is to remove the high places. Remove the high places. If we want to go from, you know, we, I think we can be good Christians, but we don't want to just be good Christians. And I don't think God wants us just to be good Christians. He wants us to be great. He wants us to be growing. And we got to ask ourselves some of these questions. And if you got the outline, I'll just ask you to consider these thoughts and consider how they pertain to your life. How do we follow after the worldly ways around us? Um, you know, it's not like we have other nations that we're looking at, except for the fact that if we consider us the nation of God and everybody else around us, they are of a different nation, the nations of the world that follow after Satan. How do we follow? What is it that tempts us about the worldly nations? What, what are we tempted to follow in those worldly ways around us? We need to be utterly um, just sincere and very intentional about considering our lives and asking ourselves, you know, how is it that I'm tempted to follow after the ways of the world? Because this is the essence of it, I think. This next, next question gets to it is, what have we elevated in our lives to be as important as God? What are the things that, you know, God is to be the most important. That's what we'll always say. But as we look at our lives and consider our lives, are there things that we've really elevated above God or there, are there things that we've elevated to the same level as God, that we put them on the same level, we give as much attention, as much thought, as, as much import to it as we do to the, the things of God? What have we elevated in our lives to make us no different from the world around us? We've got to make sure that we don't have our... our our Christian life, and then we have the rest of our life. It all needs to be, when we, are, we give our lives to God, we follow after him completely and utterly in every way. We take up our cross daily and follow him. We are very different from the world. We are not, we are not to, to, um, to transform our lives into the image to be like the world, but we're to be transformed into the image of God. We're not to conform our lives, but to transform our lives. We're to be different. We've got to be different. So what have you and I elevated? What are the temptations around us? What are what have we elevated in our lives to be as important as God? Next question says, what sins need to be removed from our lives? You know, it's a, it's, you give your life to Jesus, you make a lot of changes, but if there's something that you don't change, if there's something that you just maintain that, that same way, God wants to get rid of that sin that's in our lives. Even if you got rid of a bunch of other sins, don't hold on to just one sin. It needs to be removed. God isn't satisfied with just changing a little bit of us. He wants to change all of us. We need to be completely transformed. We can't hold on to that past life. Because all of those things, they really just distract us from the one true God. 
if we're elevating things, um, you know, if we have high places that are, we have elevated to the, the same importance as God, if we have sin that we still have in our life, that we're still holding on to, that's another high place. Those things distract us from living our life for Jesus Christ. Consider for Second uh, Peter chapter 2 and verses 20 through 22. For if after they have escaped, and this is, this is just talking about people who have been misled by false teachers. If they gave their lives to Jesus, they gave their lives to God and are following the truth, but then they've been misled by false teachers. It says, for if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and are overcome. The last state has become worse for them than the first for it would have been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn away from the holy commandment handed on to them it has happened to them according to the true proverb a dog returns to its own vomit and a sow after washing returns to wallowing in the mire so friends family um we really need to think you know these as you that human tendency we see it in those kings that they weren't the tendency was not to remove all of the high places but to leave them there that was the tendency and when they were doing that they were allowing themselves to be like a dog returning to its own vomit they were a pig wallowing in the mud after it'd been cleaned up let us not be like that. We've got to turn away from those things. Let's not go back to it and be corrupted. Again, Jesus has washed us and cleansed us and made us right with God. Let's keep growing in that relationship. We're not perfect in it, but we need to keep growing in our uh, just our in our lives, our whole dedication. We need to be more dedicated and growing in our faith from day to day. So part of the reason for that is I think about the, you know, the, the nation of Judah. And I ask that question, you know, what, what if those kings, that streak of kings, if they had actually removed those high places, you know, think about the, the impact that likely would have had on down in the future. Hezekiah was a great king. But even after he was gone, they went quickly back because that had been their pattern and it went and things turned worse. And so what if those kings had actually been great kings and had been fully devoted to the Lord? You know, those there might have been souls saved there. The, the relationship that nation could have survived longer, that nation could have grown bigger and closer to God and and in a better relationship with God. And I, and I ask that, then I turn it back to us. Well, what about us? You know, if, if I, in my life, I'm holding on to some high places that I have elevated right up there with God, or I'm holding on to some sins in my life that are keeping me away from that one true God and, and be going from being a good Christian to being a great Christian, be, from being a devoted follower of Jesus to being utterly devoted follower of Jesus. What, what, who, who is it that will be impacted um, if I don't allow 
my relationship to be uh, fixed, to be right with God. Um, I think of that, the, the verse that's coming to me is, is chapter 18, verse 6 of Second Kings, talking about Hezekiah. It says, for he clung to the Lord. Who is, who is depending upon us? What soul is depending upon me or upon you to cling to the Lord? Instead of just kind of holding on to the Lord, that we're clinging to him with all our lives, with all of our might. What, who, somebody else is going to be affected by what you do and how you live your life as a Christian. What soul is depending upon you to remove the high places in your life? Don't just be an okay Christian. Don't be a normal Christian. Be one who clings to Jesus because other people are depending upon you. Um, you know, our, our, our neighbors are dependent upon us to be ones who are completely and utterly committed to Jesus and clinging to him. They need to see Jesus in us. They need to hear us speak the words of Jesus, speak truth to them. And that's true of our, of our neighbors. It's true of our immediate families. Our, our children are relying upon us to, um, to speak the truth and to show them the truth, uh, to utterly cling to Jesus. Uh, our, our church family, as we're gathered here and we can see each other's faces and hear each other's voices online, we're, we're re- depending upon us. If, we, if any of us is following, falling away, if we're not just staying close to God like we should, it's going to affect others. We need to cling to Jesus and show our dependence to be completely upon him and to take and remove the high places. The world is dependent upon us to remove the high places. Let us remove those high places. And next week is, it's an interesting time and it's, it coincides with a a scripture uh, from the next bit of reading. I hope you read the next week's um, scriptures from the old Testament, because as we come back, on June 14th, I just ask you to let that be, and even starting now, let this be a time for a fresh start where you are going to uh, not just kind of follow after God, but still have other high places up there that are just equal to him. You know, let's remove the high places. Let's get rid of sin in our lives and anything else that distracts us from following after Jesus. Let's cling to Jesus and let's make our coming back together next Sunday. And some of us, it'll be still online, but still I ask the same thing. And I'm not, I don't want to encourage anybody to come back if you're not comfortable doing that, doing that. But let's make the 14th of June, when we come back together, let's make it a fresh start. Let's make it a time when we can renew our covenant to God and be utterly committed to him. And so that's the, that's the challenge for Christians is to think about that. Remove the high places. You gave your life to Jesus. Don't let anything else stay right up there equal to him. That cannot be. And, uh, and if you're not a Christian, um, I ask you, to, if you to think about this. If you've not submitted to the Lord God, the one who has proven his love for you by giving his own son, as a sacrifice to die on a cross and to take your sins and the punishment that you deserve to take that as we, we think about the the wrath of God that was, was upon people as Leviticus talked about the wrath of God is upon people because of their sins. Well, God sent his son to be the sacrifice that took that wrath. God's wrath was upon him. 
God did all of this for you because he loved you. And if you aren't serving him, then who are you serving? If you haven't given your life to God, then who is your life given to? And I just encourage you to think about God, think about his sacrifice, Jesus. And I encourage you to put God in the highest place in your life. Don't have anything else up on a high place in your life except God. First and foremost, everything else falls in far behind a second place. Make God your highest place, the most important thing in your life. Give your life to Jesus. And you do that when you surrender your life to him, repent of all your sins, and you die a death in a watery grave called baptism and get raised back up to newness of life so you can live for him with God in the highest place and nothing else there. Give your life to him. If you want to respond to that call, that message, I encourage you to to give me a call at the close of all the things going on today with our online service. Call me, get a hold of somebody else, but give your life to Jesus. Be baptized into him. If you need to respond to that, we're going to use this song as as a way to encourage you. Let's sing this song together.